not yet. All right, let me just get my things together here. Look, I hope you have, you've had a good week. It's that time of the Sunday morning that we're about to get around the Word of God. So can we just pray this morning, and we're going to get into things today. Thank you, Father, for this morning. God, we thank you for your Word, Father. It is inspired by you, written by you, with every single word, Father has some relevance and some meaning in other lives, God. So we pray that you'll speak to us this morning, Holy Spirit, God. Our hearts are open, our hearts are ready to receive what you would say to us this morning. Thank you for this amazing Everyone said, Amen. 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 All right. Well, can you turn in your Bibles, please, to 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. Now, I have a bit of um, a trauma from my childhood. It's my full name. So you will know me as Rod. My full name is Roderick. Call me that and you'll have an issue. <laughs> if I ever heard the name Roderick come here, I knew what was going to happen. So I'd run to my bedroom and we would find uh, extra pants, extra underpants, extra shorts, extra scarves, and wrap it around because we knew what was coming. 
and it'll be off to the bedroom and say, son, Roger, what have you done? And you know, no doubt I was in the wrong at some stage and um, discipline would take place. But you know what? Discipline can be painful, but I believe that discipline within its boundaries is also a great benefit to us. We've been recently speaking about a new season, and I think as a church we're coming into a new season. And I've got part two today, and I'm calling it Your Words, Your Destiny. Your Words, Your Destiny. Just for the last four or five weeks, God's really been speaking to me about the power of my words, about the power of our words, that life and death is actually in the power of our tongue. And I think that's an important truth, but there's actually a far greater responsibility when it comes to things of our mouth. So if we can turn to James chapter 3, the famous tongue chapter, and we're going to read a few verses this morning. Okay, let's have a look at James chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. You know, at a surface level, like this verse is like the unattainable verse. Oh, well, if I, can't, if I have no problems with my tongue, then I'm going to be perfect. Well, I'm not perfect, or we all have problems with our tongue, so I can't achieve that. And often we'll put that verse to the side because it seems like it's something that we can't get to. But see, I don't think James quite wrote it in that fashion. I think the heart behind it was another way to see it, is that, look, we all stumble in many things, but James like, hey, we all have struggles, right? But the tongue is a major one that we all struggle with. And the thing about it is that if we can start to get controls of our tongue or start to make inroads, then we're able to have more, uh, more victory in other areas. Because the tongue is such a difficult thing to control, we're able to control ourselves more in other areas. You know, I was reading some studies and it says that we might speak between 18,000 and 25,000 words a day. I'd like you to ask your neighbour how many words they think they speak every single day. Some of you might say 25,000 words a minute. I don't know. But look, I'm not going to say any names because I have control over my tongue. <laughs> not always, but I try. Look, someone calculated that you and I would actually speak enough words to write a book that's 54 pages every single day. <coughs> There's a lot of words that come out of our mouth, and some are good, maybe some are not so good, but hey, the, uh, the goal here is that we can always uh, improve. You know, it's been cold, many of us have been to the doctor recently, but how often do we go to the doctor and they say, let me check your tongue? And you've got to say, ah... And they do that thing that makes you feel like you're going to gag or something. But the reason that they check your tongue, I'm, please don't quote me, doctor. This is just off Google. But um, I just, I forgot where the doctor this morning. Okay. This is what I read into anyway. If I'm wrong. Doctors check under your tongue to get a better understanding of what's going on inside your body. Am I right, doctor? She said yes-ish. Okay. <laughs> My message, it works, okay? They check your tongue and they can sometimes tell a bit better what is going on inside of your body. Or in other words, the tongue is a dead giveaway about what is going on down here. Jesus tells us in Luke 6.45 that from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough verse, isn't it? It's a tough verse. 
But we hear so often that we need to watch our words, we need to control our words, and yes, I agree. However, the tongue is only symptomatic of what's going on in our hearts. See, the outlet for your heart is your tongue. Whatever's going on in here has to come out in some way. Now, it's I feel a bit silly telling the story, but every time I preach on a topic, almost every time, God will have a test for me during the week. It's uncanny how many times it happens. And this week was no different. Work's been an interesting week for me. Lots of things happening, a fair bit of pressure, and, and that's all been fine. And, and getting ready for this morning, and um, as you know, we're getting with looking to get a building out. We're getting closer, we're not there yet, but we're definitely getting closer. So a lot of pressures from all sides. There's a particular person that just been... Not, not in our church, just so you where someone far, far away. But they've been following me up for lots of, uh, for a few things. And following me up, I felt a little bit too often. So um, I got a text, and my wife had been CC'd in this text. And I saw it, and you know when your, like, your head starts to feel red and it boils a little bit, and you're a little bit like, ugh. I got that feeling. And look, I didn't say anything bad, but the tone of my text was fairly blunt. And I was basically saying, don't follow me up again. I'll get back to you when I have the answer. And I flicked it off just like that. And then I got a, a text from my wife, direct. She's like, did you really just send that text? And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. And I was like, I'm preaching on the tongue this week. Oh, God has given me a test. See, the tongue comes out as a text. I need to have more patience in my life. So I'm not preaching you this morning telling you that I get this right all the time. I don't. But hey, we can all improve. Yeah. Proverbs 4.23 says to guard your heart with all diligence. Because why? For it flows the issues of life. Yeah. See, the reason that we need to guard our hearts is because it's so closely linked to the words that we speak. If something changes here, you can be sure it's going to change up here. The more that we're able to guard this from little roots taking place and lodging in our hearts, the more control that we have that we speak about. There's a verse that says, the little foxes that spoil the vines. It's not always the big things that happen in life that change us. It can be the little things, the little annoyances, the little offenses, the little things that are getting to us. All of a sudden our speech can change and that's where we have to be careful. You know, I believe that as we move forward in this church that... It's important to know that God's word is going to help us to control our words. Because when we get control of our words, we are there, uh, therefore able to walk in the destiny that God has called us to. You know, I love the Bible. But who's ever read the Bible and we're going through a scripture and we're like, oh man, this is encouraging. And we come to that one verse and it just kind of stabs you. Oh, that's a bit painful. And we just kind of move on because it's got quite a painful thing to it. I know I've done that before, but I think it's important to know that every verse is there for a reason. And we're going to have a look at a verse this morning that is going to be very exciting. James chapter 1, verses 26. James 1, chapter 26. James 1.26 Anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is worthless. Now there's a few different versions. It may say useless, it may say worthless, but I'm going to use worthless um, for this morning. Quite a strong verse, isn't it? A 
I've seen this verse and thought, God, what on earth does that verse mean? A faith that does not transform the sun is no saving grace at all. As you and I go further in our walks with God and we go deeper in His Word and deeper in prayer, our tongues need to also do the same thing. If you look at the, the Pharisee who prayed to God and we had the sinner on the other side, the Pharisee he knew His Word, he knew how to pray, he was eloquent, he did all those things, but the thing that got him in trouble was his tongue. And what did that lead to? It was something of the heart. Now when it says, if you think that you're religious in this verse, we're not talking about a religious spirit, but in general, if you're religious, you believe in God. That's the general kind of term for believing, uh, for the uh, meaning, sorry, of religion. Now, <coughs> let's say you go to church, let's say you're a person who you reads your Bible, you're giving, you're doing other religious activities and rituals. But if you're going through the religious motions and throughout the week and our tongues don't quite add up the same. Using words that we shouldn't, maybe we're gossiping at times or talking behind others' back or talking unkindly to our spouses or to our workmate or in general our speech that doesn't glorify God. James is saying here, your religion is worthless. Now what I mean here is that worthless, I looked into the meaning of this word, Used here, it means that it's devoid of power or it loses its power. What James is saying here is that if we can't get control of our tongues, what we believe in actually starts to lose power. If we don't have the same positive influence, it's not productive and it becomes useless. See, we can follow all the religious acts, if you want to call it that, all you want. But if our mouth is mean or it's rude or we're saying things that we shouldn't, People are not going to see Jesus in our life. And they won't listen to us the same. <coughs> see, because of, our <coughs> because of our mouths, we can get ourselves in trouble. So even if words are spoken in private, do not underestimate the power that they hold yeah. in public. Yeah. Your words are a reflection of your faith. Yeah, I'm challenged by that this morning. I really am. Does my speech line up to what I believe? You know, I can worship wonderfully on a Sunday and experience the presence of God, but do I have a control over my tongue? If I don't conduct myself in the right way, my religion, my relationship with God, it can lose its power. <coughs> Come on, church, I think it's time that we allow ourselves to think that our words do hold weight and they do have an effect on other people nowhere is the union between faith and works more visible than in our speech your tongue itself will take your spiritual temperature can we turn to psalm 64 verses 3 this morning psalm 64 verses 3 Psalm 64 verse 3 says, They sharpen their tongues like swords and aim cruel words like deadly arrows. See, our tongues are like swords. Swords are dangerous. Swords need to be carried around with great care. See, you can't have accidents with, with swords because it will lead to great damage. But I love here in the Psalms where it, it likens words to arrows. Do you know how words are like arrows? Because words can kill at a distance. 
You don't have to be close to the person or the, uh, or the victim in order to do major damage. But the thing about it, James said we all struggle in many areas and the tongue is a major. I think our prayer is God help me to have control of my tongue. But I think that improvement demonstrates spiritual maturity. And we should all desire to be mature in our faith. Your words, they affect your destiny. You know, the better that we talk, the more faith we talk with, the more positive talk, that is going to affect the outcome and affect the people that are around us. Can we just turn to Ephesians chapter 4 this morning? I've got a few scriptures for us to look at. Who's still with me this morning? Yeah. Everyone's here? Oh, that's good. We're just considering the word. Look, it's challenging when you're putting together a word where God says, hey, I want you to talk about the tongue. It's a tough topic, but you know what? It has great results. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 and 30. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let's just unpack this verse for a, small, uh, for a second this morning. Do not let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth. I think if we just follow that, we're done. We can finish the service now and we can all go home. You know, with this, I think it's important to think about, have we ever taken an audit? An audit looks at something and evaluates it. Have we ever done an audit on our own words? An audit on our conversations? Have you ever thought about whether the conversation was helpful or was it not as beneficial? You know, just because a conversation is enjoyable doesn't always mean that it was wholesome. There's a verse in Proverbs chapter 18 and it says the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down into the inmost parts. It can be true, can't it? When things happen or things take place, we, all, we always want to know what the story is or what's taken place. And in Proverbs, it's likened that gossip is like a choice morsel. It can be enjoyable. And I think the thing about gossip is that we are humans and our human nature can err on this side and we have to fight against it. You know, I read a story, uh, a, a video was circulating where we saw just a man and lady that was talking at, it was at a restaurant somewhere, and someone had their camera out and they were narrating, saying that, oh, well, this, this man here is married and this woman here, she's married, and there's an affair taking place, and the video itself went viral. But later on, it came out that these two were actually friends of the same family who were all in the same room and nothing untoward had happened. But why did the video go viral? Because there was an innuendo or gossip that something bad was taking place. And as humans, we have to fight against that. You know, if we look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 8, it gives us some really clear direction on the things that we should focus on. <coughs> the next slide of Ephesians 4, verse 29 says, But what only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. I know at times we can all go through our own struggles, our own insecurities and issues, but the pattern of the Bible is to be on the lookout for others, not just in deed, but in word also. I think you can say that a promise of God's word 
is that when we encourage others, the Holy Spirit loves that. I think he's pleased with that. I think he hangs around this type of Paul. Because the Holy Spirit, he's the helper. He's the encourager. And when we do the same, I believe that he likes that. I believe that if you, you and I want to become more like Christ, we should start to speak like he would. The next line in Ephesians 4 is to benefit those who listen. Our words need to benefit those who listen. Who's ever come out of a conversation feeling lifted and encouraged and inspired? And thought, man, I feel light, I feel good. Oh, that was a great conversation. But see, on the flip side, who's ever come out of a conversation feeling a bit heavy or feeling a bit tired from that? See, our words and our conversations, they hold power. And I think it's so important we think about, is this conversation going to be helpful to the person I'm talking to about? Now, please understand in my heart, we all need uh, safe spaces to be in. There has to be a place to pour out what's going on and have somebody who's got your back and have those close circles. I agree with that. We're not, we're not talking about that this morning. But often you can see people who have been offended or things that happen in their life and those are almost the first things that they can start to talk about. I think as Christians, we should be looking out for others. What's going to benefit others in this conversation? Earlier it said according to what they need. If you see someone who needs encouragement, give them an encouragement. I think if Jesus was in the room, that's what he'd be looking to do. I love Jesus because one of the most impressive things for me was how he always had the right answer. He always had the right tone. He always had the right message for each person he came in contact. See, and for the main area or the major part of his ministry, he was a man of encouragement, he was a man of mercy, and he was a man of gentleness. In fact, the only time he lost his cool, if you want to call it that, was for the Pharisees, was for the spiritually proud. For the rest, he extended grace and mercy and encouragement. As Christians, you and I, we need to be the same people as well. The last line from this verse is here. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. There's some weight to that, isn't there? That you and I, we can spend the Holy Spirit with the way that we talk. There is a clear connection between the words of our mouth and the proximity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, do an audit on your conversations. What do you find yourself talking about? What are the words that come out of your mouth? Because that is going to determine the proximity of the Holy Spirit. Let's be a people that desire closeness and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You know, the reason I'm really passionate today about us having control in our tongue is because our words equate to our destiny. And if you think I'm being a little bit dramatic, I want you to listen to this list. Words certainly dictated the destiny of the two thieves next to Jesus. Words certainly dictated the the destiny of the Israelites in the wilderness. Many died not seeing their inheritance because of their words. Elisha received a double portion of the spirit of Elijah because he asked for it. Moses did not make it into the promised land because of his anger and the words that he spoke. You know, I was looking at the translation of what he said because basically Moses, his people wanted to get some water from the rock and he got a bit upset 
and it translated, he said, listen here, you rebels. And then he bashed the rock with, um, with a stick and out came the water. I thought it was quite funny that he was uh, talking like that to his people. But the reality of that, though, is that he missed out on seeing the promised land because of his speech. What about the spies who went to spy out Canaan? Now, there was 12 spies, and I want to unpack this just for a second. There's 12 spies, and they were sent to go and look at the land that God had promised them. 12 spies. We had Joshua, we had Caleb, and we had 10 other spies. And they went, and they looked at the land, and there were giants to conquer. There were things that they had to get over. But when they came back to give their report, Joshua and Caleb said, we can take the land. We can do this. We can absolutely do this. 10 said, we cannot. Can I ask you, we don't know the answer to this, but within those 10 spies, how many of them might have had some faith but got influenced by the others who thought that they could not do it? Is there a possibility that three or four actually thought, oh, we might be able to do this, but they got influenced by the ones who said, we cannot do this, it's not possible, and they lost faith, and then they became part of the 10 who said, it is not possible, we cannot do it. Have you ever thought that you and I actually influence people with the way that we speak? There are people in your circles of life that you influence. Whether you know it, whether you like it or not, but they listen to what you are saying. What does your influence on others look like? Are you quick to pour out things that are going on in your own lives? Maybe offences. Or maybe you give opinions that might not be, need to be shared. Or are you quick to remind others of, of God's promises? Are you quick to remind people of His faithfulness? Are you quick to remind them that despite things that happen, that God can always make a way? Are you quick to look to God's Word and offer godly wisdom and advice? I think we have a real responsibility to influence others in the right direction. Even if you're not popular for it. You know what? Sometimes people don't want to hear the truth. They want someone to side with them on how they're feeling. And part of it is good to do that. We're going to get around people and encourage them. But sometimes a word of truth is actually what is needed. There's a verse that says that. uh, That says we need to season our, our words with salt. And with grace that we know how to answer each person. It's so important that we influence others to keep going for God. If they're losing heart, if they've become offended, they've become disillusioned, make sure that we are ones who keep influencing them for the good. My prayer this week is that God would highlight areas in our, our own lives that may need to change. And when it comes down to the way that we speak, often we can become oblivious to it. And that's why we need the light of God's word upon our hearts to show us and help us to correct areas that may be displeasing him. Can we just turn to James chapter 3, verse 3? I've got plenty of scriptures this morning. (coughs) James chapter 3, verses 3. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. See, uh, James is likely a bit or a bridle in the mouth of a horse to basically how our tongues operate in our lives. See, a bridle is not just for control of the horse, but it's also for direction. 
for you and I to hit the mark for God, we have to have control of our words. We have to have a bit in our mouth that helps us to keep progressing in God. And can I encourage you that as we progress in our other spiritual disciplines, that our speech also improves and becomes more like the character of Christ. You and I, we need to choose life with our words. There's a law of sowing and reaping. In Galatians chapter 6, it says, For whatever a man sows, that he will reap. What happens when you sow? You put things into the ground and you don't see anything for well, do you? You just put it in the ground and you water it and you tend to it. But then you start to see a harvest. When you start to change your words, you may not see things change straight away. But can I tell you that the laws of God, they do not change. And when you sow with a, uh, words of life and words of encouragement, you will start to reap life and encouragement yeah. back. You know, I'm not saying that today is an easy message and I'm not saying we're ever going to perfect it. But I think we have a responsibility to progress. In Psalm 19 verse 14 it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. You know, I just think that as we're coming to a new season, it's so important that we talk about the tongue, we talk about our words. You know, when God gives us scripture, we need to pray those things into existence. And something I've been doing recently is God taking God's words, God promises, and starting to pray through them. Can I encourage you that if you're facing something today, it's good to pray and use our own words. I agree with those things. But when was the last time you took scriptures and prayed them back to God? I think God loves that. Because God's Bible, or the Word, is just full of God's promises. There's so many promises in there. If you're facing fear, there's a promise for that. God did not give me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. As a kid, I was a bit of a scaredy cat. So my dad, mum, they'd pray over me and say, hey, Rod, God did not give you a spirit of prayer. They'd pray and they'd declare those words over me. Can I tell you, whatever you face today, there is a promise to match it in the name of Jesus. If you need healing, there is hundreds of verses that go through that says, by his stripes, we are healed. God sent his word and he healed them in Psalm 107 verse 20. God has given us some verses as a church and I want to just turn to a couple of them this morning. The first one is in Isaiah 44 and verses 3. We're going to read that out this morning. Isaiah 44 verse 3. For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. <coughs> you know, when things get tough in life and maybe you are, you are going through it saying, Oh God, I'm, I don't really feel anything. Life is pretty tough. I don't know what to do. And our speech can start to change and become negative based on the situation that we're going through. Well, can I encourage you that the promise that I read in my Bible says that God will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods onto the dry ground. Can I tell you this morning, that is a verse for our church. That's a verse for you and I this morning. That God wants to encounter you afresh today. That he wants to pour his water afresh on you. And he wants to flood in your life and start to meet with you again. Nothing is ever the same when it comes to the God, when it comes 
to God's kingdom. God wants to move mightily in your life. Jesse, can I get you to uh, jump on the guitar, please, this morning? You know, as we've looked at the tongue and we've we've looked at the power of our words, I'd like to go back to James chapter 1 that I was referring to earlier. It's so important that we understand that we're responsible with our words, that as we progress through life, as we progress in our walks with God, that may God also help us with our speech. To be careful about the things that we talk to, but to be careful about the people that we talk to and the topics that we talk to them about. If there was any verse this morning that I can encourage you with, it would have Ephesians 4 verse 29. It's so important that we do not grieve the Holy Spirit with our words. And I'll put my hand up. I'm the first one. I've definitely done that time and time again. But God's grace is sufficient. And He is able to give us a second chance. But in order for you and I to go deeper into Him, to have closer proximity to the Holy Spirit, and have a deeper relationship with God, it is so important that we watch the words that we speak. Can I just get everyone to close their eyes this morning? You know, I know a message like this is never easy to hear. I was confronted myself on lots of my own areas of my life this week, but Maybe there's just one area that God's highlighted for you today. What's an area that you can improve in your speech? Maybe you're like me, you get impatient at times and can say things that you could have held back and not said. Maybe it's talking with others. Maybe it's bringing up offenses and telling other people about what's going on without giving thought to whether it's helpful to other people. But I think we can all improve. I love that James says we all stumble on many things. We're all the same here this morning. We're all in the same boat. Just as Jesse's playing and sing for us, I want you to do business with God yourself this morning. God, what's an area that you want to highlight in my life? And maybe something struck you this morning, but I want you just to sit with God just for a second and say, God, speak to me about my life. Give myself away. 